Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. To World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Great to be with you today. We've got a lot to cover today, including the USA-Wales draw. Uh, the result, I don't think, are necessarily indicative of the kind of game it was. It was actually kind of a fun game to watch, and I know I said I don't watch friendlies, but maybe maybe I lied a little bit. Uh, and we're going. So we're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team. Let's talk about a couple of news stories making their way around global football as well. And then let's get into it. The UEFA uh, 2021 qualifying is now done. Let's take a look. We will start our group previews today. We're going to preview Group A and we're going to preview Group B. At the end of next week, we will have our entire preview done, and they will be available for you to listen to on our podcast if you missed the live show. Uh, by the way, we're on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM 211, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and our podcast network, the Believe Podcast uh, Network. I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, <coughs> which is an appropriate thing to say, given how many U.S. players are playing in Europe courtesy of military parents, which is... Uh, I think, to the benefit of the U.S. soccer program. All right, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, of course, the big news uh, during the week is, was the U.S. Uh, national team's match against Wales. Uh, also, uh, we have to talk about Scotland. Uh, what an incredible run that was. And if you want uh, to the Euros, and if you want to see how to take penalties in a penalty shootout, all you have to do is look at how excellently well the Scottish team uh, took their penalties in the shootout. It was a good match. Uh, all right, um, those are the topics on the table. Love to hear from you once again. Twitter, at Nick Eber. We are presented by betonline.ag. Be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. World Soccer Radio. <laughs> Welcome back to World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. And with the NFL season and the big soccer leagues in full swing, uh, while you might not be at the game this year, you can still get in on the action at BetOnline. Uh, if you'd been with us this last weekend and you'd followed some of my picks I gave you on Friday, uh, you'd have been very happy. I hit 75%. Uh, of course, placed those wagers myself on BetOnline. Was very happy with my results, particularly that Ars Arsenal-Aston Villa, where I picked uh, Villa to win. Uh, that played plus, plus 380, so I was very happy about that. But look, you can get game spreads, totals, team players, coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there's always the online casino as well, which, of course, never closes, like most casinos. Uh, so head over to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today. Uh, BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. So I'd like to welcome everyone back. By the way, just a reminder, I'm with you every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific. That's 9 Eastern. Then again at midnight on Sports Overnight America. That's uh, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. If you're up late, very late on the East Coast. But uh, it is great to be with you 
five days a week. I hope you enjoy the show and make me a regular part of your week. Let's get to it. Uh, before I get to the U.S. men's national team, um, a very interesting story. Further problems for Liverpool as um, uh, Mohamed Salah tested positive for coronavirus while on international duty with Egypt. So I don't know if that means that he's now not going to play any more international games. I would imagine he's not, but he is going to have to quarantine uh, for two weeks if he's symptomatic, asymptomatic. I don't know how this works. but uh, So I suppose it's a double-edged sword, right? Is he... Not, he's not going to play any more games, but when will he be able to uh, get back to the grind uh, with Liverpool? A um, couple of other news stories going around. Uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Tottenham all interested in Jerome Boateng, who's currently at Bayern Munich. Uh, he could go on a free, by the way, as Bayern have not offered him a new contract. And if you're looking to add a little firepower uh, for less, I, I would think that would look to me like a perfect addition for, say, an Arsenal if they could do that perhaps in January. Uh, speaking of great players, uh, Wolves are very annoyed with Adama Traore, who was refusing to sign a contract. Um, he's apparently agreed to stay, but then didn't. And if you remember, he's been the subject of all sorts of acquisition rumors. He may be, uh, he may be positioning himself uh, to move elsewhere. Uh, Chelsea are going to bid for Declan Rice at West Ham. Um, Man United have actually made a formal bid to Ronaldo's agent, to try to get him to move there from Juve. Uh, uh, Juve are willing to let him go if they don't win the Champions League. And I don't know that they're going to. Uh, Ronaldo, though, says he's not interested in going, but we'll see what happens uh, with that. Speaking of Liverpool and their defensive crisis, they are considering moving for another Dutch defender, uh, Daryl Janmat, uh, who uh, used to play with Watford, uh, seeing if they can maybe pick him up in January as some defensive cover. They're also looking for, uh, at Red Bull Leipzig's, uh, the French guy, Dayot uh, Upamecano. Uh, he is probably at the top of their list for defensive help, uh, but we will see what happens. All right, look, lots of news going on. And we also have to talk about Real Madrid asking their players to take a wage cut because of coronavirus. Uh, it's fascinating to see how this is playing out. But look, let's get to the US men's national team because this was a nil-nil draw in Wales against Wales. And you know, while you might think that's kind of a dour draw, et cetera, et cetera, it really wasn't, actually. It was a really fun game. Now, keep in mind, the U.S. national team hasn't played a game in a year. And if you remember where we kind of left it off, there was lots of discussion about Greg Bohalter and, uh, you know, was he tactically savvy enough and he had a system, but did he have players to play his system and shouldn't he change his system for the players that he had? Well, I tell you what, there was a lot to really like about this game. The most important thing to love about this game was the pace, the back and forth. Yeah, there were no goals, but the U.S. men's national team showed that they can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with a decent national team in Wales, okay? And um, it was great to see. I mean, standouts, obviously, Gio Reyna. I mean, the future is super bright for the U.S. men's national team because of the players that we have playing in Europe right now. And again, I, I, this is uh, comes down to sort of an MLSE thing. If you remember in days uh, and eras gone past, we looked at Major League Soccer to provide us the backbone of the U.S. men's national team. But frankly, the league, and I, I've been saying this for years now, I, I support MLS. It's, I want it to succeed. I don't particularly watch it. Uh, that's probably on me uh, and not necessarily on the league. 
But the fact of the matter is, it's not one of the best leagues in the world. And unless you're going to sort of steal your players in the cauldron of fire, they're, they're not going to be as hard as you want them to be. And they're going to have to come out of European teams. Look at these young kids playing. Gio Reyna, uh, Borussia Dortmund, I thought was, was fantastic. There's this kid, Yunus Musa. Now, he's with Valencia. And obviously the key here is he's 17, so he can still go to other national teams and I guess he's eligible for England, Italy and Ghana you know hopefully Berhalter will be able to talk this kid into committing <coughs> to the US program uh, and I think based on opportunity I, I mean I think he'd be well served to do that it's not stopping him playing his club football obviously in Europe and I just think it's he's likely to get more opportunity with the US men's national team than he will with England or, or with Italy. Maybe not Ghana, but, you know, the Ghanaians, do you really want to be going to an African Cup of Nations every six months? That's the question you have to ask yourselves. Um, plus, of course, we've got Serginio Dest at Barcelona, um, looking really good. <laughs> Weston McKenney at Juve. Look, the future is bright for the U.S. national team. I liked it. I liked what I saw, and I liked the way Berhalter had these guys playing. That, to me, is a combination of player talent, pace, youth, and managerial system that could perhaps, in the not-too-far future, develop, uh, develop for the U.S. a winning national team program. If, the US, uh, if U.S. soccer can clean up its act, lose some of its rigidity, which, in fairness, it does seem to be doing, and Berhalter can continue to grow into this role, I don't see why the U.S. men's national team doesn't have a very, very rosy future ahead of it with this extremely talented young player pool. And there are only more players that have come through. And remember, there were players that didn't play, a la Christian Pulisic, who was injured. I mean, obviously, injuries for Pulisic are a, uh, a, serious, um, are a serious issue for him. Um... But, I mean, he's a terrific player, absolutely. Uh, and other players. I mean, there's a lot, uh, lots of other really interesting players coming through um, <clears throat> that are going to be able to fill out uh, the roles. And let's not forget, uh, we've got more players. Uh, there's the uh, kid at Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, Owen uh, Otosoe. Uh, he's young. He's probably not going to play with the senior team. He'll probably play with the under, <coughs> with, excuse me, with the under-20s. Uh, and try to go to the Olympics uh, and get a bit more seasoning. There are lots of young, exciting kids coming through the U.S. national program. Most of them play in Europe. There are some good MLS players coming through as well. But again, it is, if you're going to play at the highest level in global football, you need to steal yourself by playing and succeeding at that level, not succeeding at a lower level. I know it's a brutal thing to say, and if you're a f big fan of MLS, I, I mean you no disrespect. There's no reason you wouldn't, sh wouldn't or shouldn't love your league and love your team because they're your team and your league. Look, people like uh, people follow championship teams. I mean, I've been following QPR for a long time. People follow League One teams. People follow USL teams. I, it, it's you know, it doesn't stop you following your team. The point I'm making is just if you want the best national team players, they have to come out of the best clubs. All right. Uh, U.S. Uh, national team, I think, is looking at a rosy future, provided they can get their proverbial crap straight, which I think it is getting there, and keep it there, 
Uh, all rosy ahead, I think. All right, when we come back, let's take a look at the Euros. We finally have our qualifying in place, all done. We're going to take a preview look coming up next segment. Let's take a look at Group A in the Euros, which is Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Speaking of Wales, uh, we'll be right back. Or well, I'll be right back after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, World Soccer Radio. Nick Eber with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211 Dan Patrick Sports. Also on the American Forces Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. And if you miss any part of this show, you can find it immediately upon its conclusion at our podcast network, the Believe Podcast Network. And I have to tell you, what a great podcast network I am on. If you would like, if you like soccer programming and you'd like to hear more than just my show, I mean, I don't know why you would, but okay, I'm kidding. There's lots of great shows out there, including BSI The Podcast, which is hosted by former and current USL and MLS players Benny Failheiber, Sal Zizo, Ike Opara. BSI The Podcast It's a show where the hosts call up a weekly guest. They talk football, current events, and share some stories that they've all got in common. And, of course, my favorite part of that is Ike's Interrogation, where they pepper their guest with fan questions. And then there's another uh, soccer-slash-football podcast there, the Shep Messing Daily Cast. And if you know anything about uh, football in America, you know Shep Messing is a legend of the game here. He has a daily podcast, New York-centric, absolutely, always knowledgeable, always interesting, always funny. Shep, you can find him uh, with his Shep Messing Daily Cast. He talks New York Red Bulls on the daily so check us out go to believe.com b-l-e-a-v uh, or subscribe anytime anywhere you find your favorite podcast whether that's apple Podcasts, spotify or any other places we are presented by betonline.ag and hope that you will make me a regular part of your a week. All right, I've been promising you we're going to do some Euro qualifying. Of course, uh, the Euros is a, uh, what is that, quadrennial, every four-year event. The was supposed to be twenty uh, in 2020 this year, but due to the coronavirus, uh, it did not happen. Um, it's been postponed until next summer. Uh, the Euro 2016 uh, took place in France, and the winner of uh, Euro 2016 was Portugal, who won the final, if you remember, against France. It was actually uh, a, a pretty good game. That was the first time that Portugal won it. But qualifying has just completed for the Euros, and so now we can take a look at all the groups. So I thought we would kick it off by looking at Group A, which is Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Uh, and, and, you know, the funny thing is, if you look at some of these groups, you know, we say this is a tough group, this is a weak group. Uh, this is a fairly weak group in terms of the overall ranking of teams. Having said that, if you look at their qualifications rounds, uh, you know, some of these teams have actually done very well in qualifying. I'm, I'm thinking about Italy, for example, who, even though they're ranked 12th, uh, were basically unbeaten, perfect in qualifying. But let's get to it. Let's start with Turkey. Uh, they qualify through great Group uh, uh, H, they uh, played 10 matches, of which they won seven, they drew two, they lost one. Um, they only conceded three goals in all of qualifying. So uh, that is, uh, you know, defensively, they're pretty good. They're coached by Sunil Gunish, who 
was a former goalkeeper for uh, Trabzonspor and the Turkish national team. He uh, was part of the team that uh, came third, I think, uh, yeah, third in 20, uh, 2002. Uh, he also won two championships while in, uh, in charge of Besiktas and uh, is now back with Turkey. So some key players to look at here. Uh, Cenk Tosun plays for Everton. And, you know, if you've watched the Premier League, he's a, he's a really good player. He did play with, uh, he did play under uh, Gunish before when he was at Besiktas. Uh, he's, look, he's, he, he's a workmanlike player. He's a good player. If you've seen Tosin play in the Premier League, you'll know that. Uh, he's certainly not to be underestimated, but he is kind of the key player, and he does have the most goals for Turkey with five so far in uh, the qualifying uh, in the uh, uh, qualifying rounds. Uh, the player to watch is kind of their, uh, <laughs> their James Milner character. I don't know what else to call him. Burak Yilmaz plays for Lille. Uh, he is their first-choice striker, although, of course, Milner doesn't play as a striker. Uh, he's their second-highest international scorer in total. He scores about a goal every two games throughout his career. Uh, he's still scoring uh, in uh, Ligue 1 uh, at 35. This will be his swan song. Uh, Turkey have qualified for five of the last seven Euros. Uh, they did make it for the first uh, to the finals for the first time in 96. In 2016, uh, they didn't make it out of the group stages. The best they've ever done is the semifinals in 2008. Turkey uh, is currently ranked fairly low down the list at 33 on the FIFA rankings. They are in a group with Italy, who would basically be considered the powerhouse team in this group, and they have had a perfect record in qualifying through Group J, which is the group that they qualified through. Uh, perfect record. And, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is that the um, uh, is that the Italian, uh, they qualified through Group J, as I mentioned, and they had uh, teams like uh, uh, Liechtenstein, Finland, Greece, Bosnia, <laughs> Armenia. They didn't have the toughest qualifying group, no disrespect to uh, any of those teams. But I think you know what I mean. But when you're in a group like that, you're expected to win all your games. And guess what? They won every single one of their games. They scored 37 goals and conceded only four. Their top scorer in qualifying was Andrea Balotti. Uh, who plays the Torino. He had five game, uh, five goals. Uh, they did win the Euros back in 68. Uh, in 2016, they made, they made the quarterfinals. They did go out 6-5 to five to Germany on penalties after drawing 1-1 in regulation time. Uh, let's talk about the coach, Roberto Mancini. Uh, he obviously is man, you know, you know him as a manager. If you're a Man City fan, he won the Premier League, the FA Cup, the Community Shield as manager of Man City. Uh, he was also the manager of Inter where he uh, got three Serie A titles. Uh, he's somewhat of a, a legendary uh, player, and I think that uh, he's really got a lot to prove at the helm of Italy. Uh, the key players for Italy would be uh, Marco Verratti, who is uh, placed for a central midfielder, plays for Paris Saint-Germain. And, um, you know, again, great player for PSG. Performance for Italy, uh, you know, not... I think what he would want, of course, you know, qualifying as a little, the qualifying result is possibly uh, a, a little, uh, gives a, a, 
in a, a different opinion because they had such uh, poor, such weak teams in their qualifying group. But we'll see. Uh, I love this one. Gianluigi, uh, Gianluigi Donnamura, who is the AC Milan goalkeeper, he's 21. He, he's been playing a ton of games. Uh, and he's play he's replacing, of course, the Juve legend Gianluigi Buffon. And I, and I guess at this point, you can say that all Italian national team goalkeepers from this point onwards probably have to be called Gianluigi. Uh, but Donnarumma is considered one of the best young keepers in the game and continuing the tradition of outstanding keepers for the Italian national team. Um, their final victory in the group stage, by the way, was a 9-1 win against Armenia in Palermo, and it almost matched their biggest victory, which would have been, which was actually a 9-0 victory over the U.S. Let's move on to the next team, uh, Wales. The qualifying top scorers there are Gareth Bale, Kiefer Moore, and Aaron Ramsey. Some really good players in rail, on Wales. Of course, we can talk about uh, Ryan Giggs, who is the manager, although currently suspended for apparently um, being a little uh, some uh, assault on his girlfriend, which is un unacceptable. And we will see if Ryan Giggs makes it all the way to the Euros next year. There's a real possibility he could get canned by Wales for this, for what happened. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, obviously a legend with United, 13 Premier League titles, won the Champions League in 99 and 2008. Uh, a Welsh national you know, legend, 64 caps. Uh, he was, uh, he's been at the helm since 2018. Uh, but look, when you talk about Wales, they've got some really good players. You've got to talk about Gareth Bale, obviously, who is 31 years old. Uh, I think he'll probably be 32 by the time the tournament starts. But he is still a great player. Come back to Tottenham, as you know. He's influential in the locker room. He's influential on the pitch. He's a big man with loads of skill scores absolutely crucial goals uh, i don't think you can count wales out and particularly with this group with turkey italy wales and switzerland i i really like i think the impact gareth bale can make here is going to be enormous uh let's make sure i'm doing okay for time here yes we are uh ethan ampadu plays for sheffield united give him a watch he's a young kid he's only 20 he can play uh both as a defender and in the midfield uh, he's a really good player he's very versatile and he can play out from deep positions. So check him out. And um, just a little factoid, the uh, Welsh Football Association is the third oldest in international football. All right, and rounding out uh, Group A is Switzerland. They made the round of 16 in 2016. That was their best ever uh, Euro. Uh, they lost 5-4 to four on penalties to Poland. Uh, Vladimir Pekovic is the coach. Uh, under Petkovic, he's been at the helm since 2014. They have not failed to reach a major finals. Uh, Granite Xhaka from Arsenal, the midfielder, is their key player. Cedric Itten, with three goals, is their qualifying top scorer. I guess the player to watch there is Briel Mbolo, um, who is currently at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, he has eight, last season he had eight goals in 28 games in the season. He's a big kid. He's young. He's 23 years old. He's a handful uh, for any player. Uh, he's a handful to defend at the best of time. Um, that's Switzerland. I'm going to give you my picks to come out of here. I'm going to say Italy and Wales will come out of this group. All right, that's going to do my roundup, as quick as it was, of Group A, Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. When I come back after break, I'll take a look at Group B. 
Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia. Some interesting teams here. Belgium clearly the favorite. All right, I'll be right back after this. World Soccer Radio, presented by betonline.ag. Welcome back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm with you every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific. Then again on Sports Overnight America at midnight, which is on the West Coast, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. So twice a day, you can have your fill of the beautiful game. Great to be with you. Hope you will make me a regular part of your week. We're presented by betonline.ag. And if you miss any part of the show, you can catch our podcast upon its conclusion at our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, uh, podcast network. All right, we're going through Euro qualifying. Since it's all done, we can take a look at the groups and how they stand. Again, there's six groups in the Euros, A through F. We did Group A in the last segment, Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. If you missed that, you can find it on the podcast at the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. And let's get to it, shall we? Let's get to Group B, which is Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Now, we were mentioning, or rather, I was mentioning early on, earlier on, that uh, uh, some of these groups have some not very highly ranked teams. Again, FIFA rankings, you know, eh, I'm not quite sure what they mean, really, uh, because of the coefficients that they use and when what people's qualification and match cycle is. But having said that, uh, this group has currently the number one ranked team in football, which is Belgium, as well as some of the, uh, let's just say, a lesser ranked teams. Denmark, although, ranked 13th. Uh, Finland is ranked uh, all the way down 55th. Um, and we have, uh, let's have a look. Oh, where's, Bel- where's Russia? Russia is currently um, not on my list. Sorry, Vladimir. <laughs> Russia is on my list, but I have to actually uh, scroll down to get it. Um, I will tell you here in, in 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 a few minutes when I can when I can locate them on the coefficient. I thought I'd written it down as part of my my prep. There we go, thirty fourth. So apologize for that. Okay, let's start with shall we with uh, Denmark, who is uh, the first team in this group. Uh, they are currently ranked thirteenth. Christian Eriksen is their top scorer and probably their key player. He's currently at Inter. He's twenty eight years old. He's a great attacking midfielder. He really is the sort of engine room of this team. Casper uh, Hulmund uh, is the coach. He took over from Aggie Haredi after the uh, finals. Uh, this guy has been in charge since 2020. To be honest with you, and I apologize for this, I don't know that much about the new coach for uh, Denmark. Uh, they had a qualifying group which had them beating Switzerland 1-0, which was interesting. It was kind of, you know, their qualifying group, whereas a lot of these qualifying groups have been extremely easy, let's just say. I wouldn't say that they had the easiest. Uh, I wouldn't say that um, uh, that Denmark had the easiest qualifying group uh, of the lot. They certainly had their challenges. Uh, the Switzerland, uh, Switzerland, Republic of Ireland, Georgia, forget Gibraltar, that was in their group. 
I mean, you know, Switzerland, Republic of Ireland, and Georgia are not the easiest teams to play in in qualifying. So they did make it through. Uh, they are in the finals. The player to watch. Uh, take a look at um, uh, Briel Imbolo. Pardon me, not Briel Imbolo. Excuse me. Take a look at Mikael Damsgaard, who plays as a winger with Sampdoria. Uh, he's a young kid. He's only twenty. He's um, also really one of these guys that sort of considered much of the future for the Danish national program. Uh, they did win the Euros in 1992. They didn't qualify in 2016, and um, that is Denmark. The other side, the other team is Finland in this group to talk about. And by the way, uh, Denmark, interestingly enough, they won four and drew four. They didn't lose in their qualifying uh, Finland, on the other hand, actually lost four games in their qualifying, and they still made it through. They won six, uh, drew none, lost four. They defensively, they they you know leaked a quite a few goals. I would say there are some. Timu Puki was their top player. Now, if you watched Norwich last season, you'll know what a great player Timu Puki is. Very exciting player. I think a guy that has been. Uh, are certainly underestimated. Impo important to point out with Finland, by the way, their group included Armenia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, uh, Liechtenstein, um, which was not helpful for them, uh, but and uh, which was helpful for them, but did include Italy. So um, that should give you a bit of an idea that they had a slightly rougher road to come through. Their coach is Marku Canova who was a Finnish champion for five, uh, a five-time Finnish champion, well, was with the under-21 national team, been kind of a professional coach his whole life. We talked about Timu Puki, uh, the Norwich player who has um, been great for Norwich since 2018, and Frederick Janssen, who is an Augsburg winner. You've got to watch him. He's a, a really good young player. He's very fast. He's, he can really chip in with goals and um, definitely one to watch. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the 100-pound gorilla in this group is obviously currently the FIFA one, FIFA ranked number one team in the world that is currently in this group, and we're talking about Belgium. They were perfect in their qualifying. They won all ten qualifying games, which you know, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe would be expected. I would imagine. They had qualifying in their group. They had uh, Russia, uh, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, uh, and Scotland. <laughs> so uh, they didn't have the toughest group. I, I you know, I, I really, I, I really don't know what to say. They, the best they've ever done in the Eurozone was runner-up in 1980. Uh, they in 2016 they lost three-one in the quarter-final to Wales, which is interesting. And of course, we talked about them in Group A. Roberto Martinez is the coach of the FIFA number one ranked Belgian national team. Um, by the way, they also played, I think, I want to say, was it also, uh, was it San Marino? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to, I'm going to have to check their, um, uh, how they did in their qualifying. But um, if you know anything about uh, Roberto Martinez, I mean, he's been all over the place as a national coach, as a club coach. You've also seen him as an analyst on Fox, 
and uh, I think it was I think he was on Fox. Uh, know him personally. Very nice guy. Uh, very able. Uh, you know, is doing doing well in 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 terms of what he's doing for Belgium. Um, but some of the players on this Belgian team are really the the main reason. Uh, I was just trying to look for the years. So he was with Everton from 2013 to 2016. Uh, Wigan, Swansea, Belgium, uh, since 2016, we're talking about Roberto Martinez. Sorry, I forgot the years he was with Everton. I, I needed to pull it up. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne uh, is their key player. Uh, what a player he is. Um, he was the uh, Champions League midfielder of the season last season. Uh, he picked up four goals and seven assists in just six Euro qualifiers. He is the key provider, the key playmaker, key goal scorer. Uh, he set up 20 Premier League goals for City last season. That equals uh, equal Thierry Henry's league record, which is incredible when you think about it. Uh, he's a great player. De Bruyne, the engine room of this incredible Belgian team, and uh, that is one of the reasons that they are so good. Uh, other players to watch, you know, check out guys like Yuri Tielemans at Leicester. I mean, you know, Le what, a, what a joy Leicester City have been uh, the last couple of seasons to watch with Brendan Rodgers at the helm. This guy's only 23 years old. Uh, he's a very versatile mi uh, midfield. He's got a great shot. He's got a smell from the uh, back of the net. And he can also distribute the ball uh, it, it really uh, unbelievably well. Uh, this Belgian team really... Uh, is everything has pretty much everything in it all right let's move on to the last team in this group which is russia whose group record was uh eight wins and two losses they scored 33 goals they did concede eight their t uh, top scorer during qualification was artem uh with nine goals in terms of Euros, they won it in 1960 as the USSR. They made the semifinals in 2008. In Euro 2016, they went out in the group um, Excuse me, in the group stage. Their coach is Stanislav Cherchesov. Uh, he used to play with Spartak Moscow. He's a goalkeeper, and uh, you know it's been so-so with them. Although he did take him to the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2018. Uh, Artem Zuba is their top key player with Zenit, uh, with Zenit St. Petersburg. Uh, this is a big, tall guy. He's their top scorer among all their active internationals. Uh, almost 30 goals. Uh, Alexander Sobolev with Spartak is a guy you want to watch. He's only 23 years old. He uh, did score his first goal back in, uh, uh, when was that? This year, actually. Um, this is guy is seen as the sort of successor to uh, Zuba. So Russia haven't won in five Euro finals. Their last victory was a demolition of the Czech Republic 4-1 in the 2012 openers. So that's going to round out Group B, which is Denmark, fin Finland, Belgium, and Russia. And again, I'm just going to say that you know we've got Belgium, who are the number one ranked team in the world, and then we got to go uh, all the way down to Wales which is uh, probably Wales not in that group. Finland, Belgium, and Russia. So let's go to Finland. Uh, Finland are 55th. I said I already gave you Russia. I thought they were 30-something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, uh, you know, one would expect in this group that the teams that are going to come out are likely going to be Belgium out up top, 
obviously. Then the question is, is it Russia or Denmark? Uh, it's going to depend on just... <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's going to depend on, you know, how it goes, injuries, fitness. Uh, you know, when you talk about, for example, Denmark, it's really going to be up to Christian Eriksen. And, you know, he's 28. Is he going to be fit come the summer? That's the question. If Eriksen's fitting on his game, it's going to be Russia. Pardon me, it's going to be Belgium and Denmark coming out of this group. All right, that is going to wrap up the Group B preview. Uh, group C is Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. Group D is England's group with Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Group E is Spain, Sweden, uh, Poland, and Slovakia. And Group F is most certainly the group of death, if ever there was one, with Hungary... Uh, Portugal, who are the current title holders of UEFA. France, obviously, the World Cup holders. And Germany. That is a group that is going to be so much fun to watch. Group F. Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. Uh, by the way, not e England's group, even as it stands. Group D, England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic, I would say, is no slouch group. Uh, you know, East Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. I think one would expect Spain and Sweden to come out of those groups. All right, I hope you've enjoyed my preview. Uh, next week, we'll start covering some of the other groups in a bit more detail. We'll also take a look at some Nations League. There's some matches coming up this weekend. We'll, we'll do a little post-mortem for them over the weekend. All right, I'm going to take a break. Be right back to wrap it up. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the American Forces Network and the Believe Podcast Network. Be right back after this. Welcome back to World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm with you every Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific. Then again on Sports Overnight America at midnight, which is on the West Coast, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. So twice a day you can have your fill of the beautiful game. Great to be with you. Hope you will make me a regular part of your week. We're presented by betonline.ag, and if you miss any part of the show, you can catch our podcast upon its conclusion at our podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, uh, podcast network. All right, we're going through Euro qualifying. Since it's all done, we can take a look at the groups and how they stand. Again, there's six groups in the Euros, A through F. We did Group A in the last segment, Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. If you missed that, you can find it on the podcast at the Believe Network, B-L-E-A-V. And let's get to it, shall we? Let's get to Group B, which is Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia. Now, we were mentioning, or rather, I was mentioning early on, earlier on, that uh, uh, some of these groups have some not very highly ranked teams. Again, FIFA rankings, you know, eh, I'm not quite sure what they mean really uh, because of the coefficients that they use and when what people's qualification and match cycle is. But having said that, uh, this group has currently the number one ranked team in football, which is Belgium, as well as some of the, uh, let's just say, a lesser-ranked teams. Denmark, although, ranked 13th. 
Uh, Finland is ranked uh, all the way down 55th. Um, and we have, uh, let's have a look. Oh, where's Bel Where's Russia? Russia is currently um, not on my list. Sorry, Vladimir. <laughs> Russia is on my list, but I have to actually uh, scroll down to get it. Um, I will tell you here in, in 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 a few minutes when I can when I can locate them on the coefficient. I thought I'd written it down as part of my my prep. There we go, thirty fourth. So apologize for that. Okay, let's start with shall we with uh, Denmark, who is uh, the first team in this group. Uh, they are currently ranked thirteenth. Christian Eriksen is their top scorer and probably their key player. He's currently at Inter. He's twenty eight years old. He's a great attacking midfielder. He really is the sort of engine room of this team. Casper uh, Hulmund uh, is the coach. He took over from Aggie Haredi after the uh, finals. Uh, this guy has been in charge since 2020. To be honest with you, and I apologize for this, I don't know that much about the new coach for uh, Denmark. Uh, they had a qualifying group which had them beating Switzerland 1-0, which was interesting. It was kind of, you know, their qualifying group, whereas a lot of these qualifying groups have been extremely easy, let's just say. I wouldn't say that they had the easiest. Uh, I wouldn't say that um, uh, that Denmark had the easiest qualifying group uh, of the lot. They certainly had their challenges. Uh, the Switzerland, uh, Switzerland, Republic of Ireland, Georgia, forget Gibraltar, that was in their group. I mean, you know, Switzerland, Republic of Ireland, and Georgia... And not the easiest teams to play in in qualifying. So they did make it through. Uh, they are in the finals. The player to watch, uh, take a look at um, uh, Briel Imbolo. Uh, pardon me, not Briel Imbolo, excuse me. Take a look at Mikhail Damsgaard, who plays as a winger with Sampdoria. Uh, he's a young kid. He's only 20. He's um, also really one of these guys that sort of considered much of the future for the Danish national program. Uh, they did win the Euros in 1992. They didn't qualify in 2016. And um, that is Denmark. The other side, the other team is Finland in this group to talk about. And by the way, uh, Denmark, interestingly enough, they won four and drew four. They didn't lose in their qualifying. Uh, Finland, on the other hand, actually lost four games in their qualifying, and they still made it through. They won six, uh, drew none lost four they defensively they they you know leaked a quite a few goals i would say there's some timu puki was their top player now if you watched norwich last season you'll know what a great player timu puki is very exciting player i think a guy that has been uh, uh certainly underestimated Impor important to point out with finland by the way their group included armenia bosnia herzegovina uh Liechtenstein, um, which was not helpful for them, uh, but and uh, which was helpful for them, but did include Italy. So um, that should give you a bit of an idea that they had a slightly rougher road to come through. Their coach is Marco Canova, who was a Finnish champion for five, uh, a five-time Finnish champion, well, was with the under-21 national team, been kind of a professional coach his whole life. We talked about Timu Puki, uh, the Norwich player who is... Um, been great for Norwich since 2018. 
And Frederick Janssen, who is an Augsburg winner, you've got to watch him. He's a, a really good young player. He's very fast. He's, he can really chip in with goals and um, definitely one to watch. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the 100-pound gorilla in this group is obviously currently the FIFA one, FIFA ranked number one team in the world that is currently in this group. And we're talking about Belgium. They were perfect in their qualifying. They won all 10 qualifying games, which, you know, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe would be expected, I would imagine. They had qualifying in their group. They had uh, Russia, uh, Cyprus, Kazakhstan, uh, and Scotland. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, they didn't have the toughest group. I, I you know, I, I really, I, I really don't know what to say. They, the best they've ever done in the Eurozone was runner-up in 1980. Uh, they, in 2016, they lost 3-1 in the quarterfinal to Wales, which is interesting. And of course, we talked about them in Group A. Roberto Martinez is the coach of the FIFA number one ranked Belgian national team. Um, by the way, they also played. I think I want to say was it also uh, was it San Marino. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. I'm gonna have to check their um, uh, how they did in their qualifying. But um, if you know anything about uh, Roberto Martinez, I mean, he's been all over the place as a national coach, as a club coach. You've also seen him as an analyst on Fox, and uh, I think it was. I think he was on Fox. Uh, know him personally. Very nice guy. Uh, very able. Uh, you know, is doing doing well in. In, in terms of what he's doing for Belgium. Um, but some of the players on this Belgian team are really the, the main reason. Uh, I was just trying to look for the years. So he was with Everton from 2013 to 2016. Uh, Wigan, Swansea, Belgium, uh, since 2016, we're talking about Roberto Martinez. Sorry, I forgot the years he was with Everton. I, I needed to pull it up. Okay, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, is their key player. Uh, what a player he is. Um, he was the uh, Champions League midfielder of the season last season. Uh, he picked up four goals and seven assists in just six Euro qualifiers. He is the key provider, the key playmaker, key goal scorer. Uh, he set up 20 Premier League goals for City last season. That equals uh, equal Thierry Henry's league record, which is incredible when you think about it. Uh, he's a great player. De Bruyne, the engine room of this incredible Belgian team, and uh, that is one of the reasons that they are so good. Uh, other players to watch, you know, check out guys like Yuri Tielemans at Leicester. I mean, you know, what a, what a joy Leicester City have been uh, the last couple seasons to watch with Brendan Rodgers at the helm. This guy's only 23 years old. Uh, he's a very versatile mi uh, midfield. He's got a great shot. He's got a smell from the uh, back of the net, and he can also distribute the ball uh, it, it really uh, unbelievably well. Uh, this Belgian team really uh, is everything, has pretty much everything in it. All right, let's move on to the last team in this group, which is Russia, whose group record was uh, eight wins and two losses. They scored 33 goals. They did concede eight. Their uh, top scorer during qualification was Artem uh, Yudzuba with nine goals. 
in terms of Euros, they won it in 1960 as the USSR. They made the semifinals in 2008. In Euro 2016, they went out in the group stage. Um, excuse me, in the group stage. Their coach is Stanislav Cherchesov. Uh, used to play with Spartak Moscow. He's a goalkeeper. And, uh, you know, it's been so-so with them, although he did take him to the quarterfinals of the World Cup in 2018. Uh, Artem Zuba is their top key player with Zenit, uh, with Zenit St. Petersburg. Uh, this is a big, tall guy. He's their top scorer among all their active internationals. Uh, almost 30 goals. Uh, Alexander Sobolev with Spartak is a guy you want to watch. He's only 23 years old. He uh, did score his first goal back in... Uh, uh, when was that? This year, actually. Um, this is guy is seen as the sort of successor to uh, Zuba. So Russia haven't won in five Euro finals. Their last victory was a demolition of the Czech Republic 4-1 in the 2012 openers. So that's going to round out Group B, which is Denmark, fin Finland, Belgium, and Russia. And again... I'm just going to say that, you know, we've got Belgium, who are the number one ranked team in the world. And then we've got to go uh, all the way down to Wales, which is uh, probably Wales, not in that group. Finland, Belgium, and Russia. So let's go to Finland. Uh, Finland are 55th. I said I already gave you Russia. I thought they were 30-something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so... You know, one would expect in this group that the teams that are going to come out are likely going to be Belgium out up top, obviously. Then the question is, is it Russia or Denmark? Uh, it's going to depend on just... <coughs> excuse me. Um, it's going to depend on, you know, how it goes, injuries, fitness. Uh, you know, when you talk about, for example, Denmark, it's really going to be up to Christian Eriksen and, you know, He's 28. Is he going to be fit come the summer? That's the question. If Ericsson's fitting on his game, it's going to be Russia. Pardon me, it's going to be Belgium and Denmark coming out of this group. All right, that is going to wrap up the Group B preview. Uh, group C is Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, North Macedonia. Group D is England's group with Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic. Group E is Spain, Sweden, uh, Poland, and Slovakia. And Group F is most certainly the group of death, if ever there was one, with Hungary, uh, Portugal, who are the current title holders of UEFA, France, obviously, the World Cup holders, and Germany. That is a group that is going to be so much fun to watch. Group F, Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. Uh, by the way, not e England's group, even as it stands, Group D, England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech Republic, I would say, is no slouch group. Uh, you know, E, Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia, I think one would expect Spain and Sweden to come out of those groups. All right, I hope you've enjoyed my preview. Uh, next week, we'll start covering some of the other groups in a bit more detail. We'll also take a look at some Nations League. There's some matches coming up this weekend. We'll, we'll do a little post-mortem for them over the weekend. All right, I'm going to take a break. Be right back to wrap it up. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports, and the American Forces Network and the Believe Podcast Network. Be right back after this. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.